everybody. Welcome to Podcast of the Gundam Heroes. Uh, we are doing episodes 18 to 21. <laughs> the numbers today. have gotten weird now. Those are the numbers. <laughs> yeah, it's gotten really hard now. Now it's just not just multiples of four. It's offset by one. Damn you, recap! <laughs> 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 you ruined me, clip show. You fucked me again. Um... But yeah, no, great batch of episodes today. Uh, one that was particularly kind of just like, I don't know if this needed to be here, but I liked it. <laughs> like there, there was a stupid donkey in it that kind of made me laugh. Yeah, the Annex <laughs> like, episode's sure. kind of a, I mean, like it advances the story and everything, but it's also kind of comic relief at some points. Yeah, for sure. And we also start to find some more things out about the White Doll, which of course is... Uh, not concerning at all to nope. anyone. Definitely not me. Definitely about? not me, number one G Gundam fan. Definitely <laughs> not back here like, oh no. <laughs> Every time they talk about it. Well, shall we, Kubo? Yeah, so uh, episode 18, uh, we get a recap of the last stuff about uh, Lily helping out Gwen, Gundam's wrestling, the assassination plot. It doesn't really matter. The title of this one is Keyhill and Diane. Um, so we see an establishing shot of a Hotel Louisiana which is not Louisiana, <laughs> but whatever. Uh, Gwen and Lauren... Do you, know, uh, do you get where they are yet? Ameria? <laughs> Louisiana? Could be anywhere. Yeah. Indiana? <laughs> God, let's hope Illinois, they don't go there. Wait, <laughs> Illinois, I guess? Il- oh, no, this one's actually Illinois or something. It's insane. Yeah, so um, Gwen and Lauren are recapping about the assassination attempt last episode. They're once thinking that the moon people are not really united. Um, he also says, like, hey, tomorrow you got to show up as Laura in the opening ceremony thing for the fiefdom. And, of course, Lauren's not too happy with that. But uh, we see Sochi and Diana having small talk, sister-to-sister stuff. Um, they got to borrow dresses from Lily and whatever, and they talk. And Sochi eventually falls asleep. It doesn't really matter. The main thing is Diana knows that Keyhill is in danger, like, with this whole fiefdom thing and the assassination attempts and shit. So she goes and she wakes up Lauren, who is sleeping in the other room. Um, we cut to Moran talking with Keyhill, who again is playing the part of Queen Diane. Um, <laughs> just a little few asterisks. I, I just want to put the like every single time, just as a refresher, because it does get confusing. I'm later just gonna on. say for for this batch of episodes, I'll just say this: they have not switched back because nope. then we can just okay. Just say yeah. who they are. Yeah, what whatever you want, but they they have not switched back yet. Yep. <laughs> okay. Continue. Yeah. So. Um, Moran's wants her to look over the speech. Um, she's like, yeah, yeah, sure. And like, she kind of just looks out the window and has no idea what to do uh, with this whole fiefdom thing. So we cut back to Lauren in the balcony at the hotel. Um, it's immediately obvious that Diana has told him about the switch. And he's like crying into his hands, ashamed that he has not noticed because he has like a huge crush on both of them. And yeah. Like, yeah, like he even kind of like lets it slip a little bit. He's just kind of like, I'm so into both of you, and I didn't notice. And it's like, Lauren, <laughs> hey. Well, to be fair, Lauren, not even her own family has noticed, so. Yeah, I mean, you she's know? pretty convincing. Uh, so, yeah, so Diane says that Keyhill is in danger because of her game, and she's like, it was a stupid thing to ask her to switch. Like, you have to help me out. And, of course, Lauren's yes, totally on board. Correct. Yeah, nope. it was it was dumb to put a teen in power for literally no benefit. Ah, <laughs> oh, crap. I can't believe, can't believe I got blindsided by this one again, teen. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I mean, what's, to, to be fair to Keyhill, her 1920s-ass education is doing a better job than fucking anything relena did <laughs> true yeah yeah so. oh no 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 no. i'm not saying like this is necessarily going to turn out poorly or it was like it actually it's just 
the concept as a whole still stupid <laughs> like still a dumb idea to do I think uh, the but queen herself is pretty young in non cryogenic stasis years like i think she is supposed yeah. to be like Kegel's age yeah Ish, yeah if she hadn't yeah. been frozen <laughs> if she wasn't a popsicle so awake awake time she's probably like about 1920 as well so she's so also good. a dumb teenager in charge of everything so this is the thing is like turn a gundam at the very least First of all, it's more reasonable that this would happen because it is, again, as you said, two dumb teens and a dumb teen that probably does not want to be queen anymore because it's yeah. probably boring as shit. Yep. <laughs> um, well, you get put in cryostasis then, all the time. That sucks. Yeah, God, stop freezing me. I'm bored. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then, like, on top of that, it, the characters actually afterwards, they're like, oh, Jesus, that was such a bad idea, you know? And as opposed to Gundam Wing, where it's a bunch of adults. <laughs> they're yeah, like, adults do this. <laughs> and then afterwards, everyone's like, my God, everything Kiro Yui does is so perfectly calculated. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, we cut over to a bunch of um, Moon MP troops taking food from this village. And, like, they're giving Yanni, who, by the way, is, like, a sub-commander for the militia, but he's dressed up as a bar owner, like, instructions about the event. So, like, it's, it's kind of coming out. These moon people are trying to get, like, supplies and stuff ready for this fiefdom event thing, but Yanni's kind of undercover doing stuff for them as a bar guy. Spoilers, the militia fucks things up again. Yeah. <laughs> as again. Yeah, and also uh, Titith is there, too, helping out with the whole deal. So, um, yeah, she's got her hands Nothing things, shady though. about any of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get a montage of a bunch of Earthlings going to the event, a whole bunch of, you know, politician types and all that. Uh, Gwyn is thinking that the security around here is weak, and Diana is wondering uh, what happened in the moon ranks. Like, like why is it just... Sh- why did the ship land in the first place? Why are they clearing the fiefdom, all that? And uh, Laura, of course, is wondering how Keyhill is doing now that he knows about the switcheroo. Um, we cut to Harry filling in Keyhill about the uh, preparations that are going on. Um, she asks him if, like, is the army going to take it? Okay, like, if when I do this fiefdom thing. And he says, like, that we don't plan on taking over the region. It was never about domination. We just want a place for our people to live. Uh, it's like, you also only have to convince Florida now. Florida. <laughs> Flora. Sorry. I almost said Florida. Not Florida. Florida, Two different places. Yeah. Uh, so Harry says, like, they don't actually plan to own everything. They're we're just doing this fiefdom declaration as a negotiation tactic to kind of strong arm their way into stuff. And, like, Harry notes that his own parents were put in the cryostasis and wanted to see him and his moon people return to Earth and his father's dead because cryostasis isn't good for people that aren't the queen or Sometimes something. Sometimes cryostasis is more of an art than a science. <laughs> yeah. It, well, what he it, <clears throat> states kind of that there seems to be, like, different levels of cryostasis. Yeah. And if you're rich, you get the good stuff. If yeah, you're it, poor, it, you get it, fucked. It very much seemed like it was a classist thing of, yeah, like, there's kind of some, like... Shady discount, you know, <laughs> 10 years ago's models, cryopods, and then uh-huh. we got the new ones that actually have, like, staff rotating, watching over them at all times, monitoring, making sure nothing goes wrong, like, that kind of situation. So, uh, yeah, it seems like it was a classist thing to me at the very least. Yeah. Uh, so we see uh, Laura. Lauren's now in his uh, cross-dressing persona here. Um, he's mm-hmm. entered the event, and he gets hit on by some moon mech pilots, which is kind of funny, I thought. Uh, Poe is watching this whole thing and like she thinks it's like oh, all these politicians are back for a reunion it's stupid 
We cut the Goonie. Uh, he is in his Bjorjan. Well, okay, to be clear, I think what makes Laura getting hit on so funny is the reaction is just immediately like, Earth is going to fucking kill the moon, bitch. Like, that's what Laura yells <laughs> yeah. back just yeah. on the spot. Yeah. It's so funny. Like, that's the thing. It's just like, hey, want to show us your mech sometimes? Like, ah, we're going to kill the moon, you fucks. And moves on. <laughs> yeah, so Goonie's out in his Bjorjan spying on the whole thing. Um, he sp- spots Yanni. And then a bunch of Inglesia Gorilla people sneaking in with wine trucks. If you can figure out what's about to happen, yeah. Hmm. Um, Lily, Gwyn, and Diana, and Sochi are all just sitting around eating hors d'oeuvres and having small talk. Uh, Gwyn kind of lets on he might know about the Kihil Diana switch, but he really doesn't say for sure. Um, he mainly says, like, the effect of his secretary is the only one capable of doing things here. Yeah, when they sneak off, Lily's like, hey, are you going to follow me? He's like, eh. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Diana and Laura sneak off and go looking around. They get eventually caught by some Moon MP people, but Diana addresses them as Queen. She's like, I'm doing a secret thing to look around and see how preparations are going. And they just let them through because, of course, it's the Queen. Why wouldn't she be looking around and stuff? I really like the way that they kind of just swap between the two when it's, re- when it's convenient. Yeah, she slips back into her Queen persona pretty easily, so... Um, <laughs> Yanni and Titith are off serving sake, and I put that in heavy quotes there, out the back of a truck. <laughs> and the uh, moose is. This is not fair. For the record, these soldiers are fucking getting destroyed. And absolutely, because we basically have the equivalent of like Gundam Jessica Rabbit fucking happily dancing around being like, hey guys, want to fucking get super drunk and just handing them glasses of Everclear and being like, (laughs) I'll let you look at my boobs more if you drink it. And they're just like, great. And so these soldiers are just, you know, horny as hell getting destroyed. So they're fucking smashed on the spot. Yeah, Yanni says it's 99%. percent abv which by the way that's, that's not drinking alcohol anymore that's yeah. fuel you, you <laughs> that's, will get drunk fuel. just sniffing that and they're like you earth drinking... people drink this all the time you voices come on <laughs> yeah exactly like she's just playing it up too just being like come on you wieners drink it like it's so good and yeah absolutely like you're drinking torpedo fuel at this point like you're cracking them bad boys open and taking a slurp oh my god yeah that's ever clear plus for the record so yeah. th- this militia is boned and also yeah as soon as they said 99% ABV I'm like that's not for drinking yeah uh, Everclear is like 190 190 proof yeah, so that's, that's 95% right. ABV yeah it's yeah. 95% I think yeah. yeah if I remember right Everclear's like 95 yeah no this is like literally like lab grade <laughs> grain alcohol you need like, some things to hold it together so it doesn't just evaporate out of the glass basically <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um there's a bunch of militia agents walking around and one of them tells Michael who again the commander of the militia who is in civilian clothes here uh that the mobile doll that's being used as a tent isn't being piloted so like it's obvious that they kind of want to set this up as a distraction you know have it run away um, Michael tells Yanni to wrap it up and ask about Tedith. Apparently, Yanni says that she was there and to go pick up the truck, and she's you know dancing for the drunks. So you know, you know, bring her along. It's great. It's helping us out. Um, in back in the forest, in the suits, Goonie is telling um, all of his squad that like the fences should be bad since they're all drunk, but don't hit the tent over there because that's where Lily is. It would be real bad if we killed our you know proprietors. It'd be really daughter. bad if we hit the civilians. Who just happened to be here. But don't worry, Zaku's are known for their surgical strikes. <laughs> what's a Zaku? <laughs> anyway, uh, hey, just... <laughs> I want it hey, I want it on the record. This is hey, this is something that's come up before and I wanna I want this stated. So recently I watched the 
Canadian live action <laughs> video game oh, no. of Gundam. Uh, I watched all like 28 or 32 minutes of it or something like that. Um, and it is the second piece of media I have found, which leads me to believe that some localization group fucked me up uh, that refers to them not as Zaku's or Zaku 1's or Zaku 2's or whatever, but also just refers to them as Zak 1's and Zak 2's, or in this case, <laughs> Zak 1's and Zak 2's. And I was like, fuck, I knew it. It's not just me. There's dozens of us. <laughs> and apparently we had to deal with some fucking whack Canadian localization. <laughs> like, it it was some game I played of Gundam, and now this fucking Canadian CGI live action one. I think one. the original Mobile Suit Gundam English dub was from the Canadian studio, that famous one I forgot the name of, and then they like redubbed it with a different studio later. But So I might have just yeah. seen a Zack 2 dub instead of a Zaku 2 <laughs> dub. the controversy. There's so much. It's all happening. Where's the well, Malaysian English dub of them? Oh, no. <laughs> ah, you show me your true shit Gundam. All right, well... Let's anyway. turn A, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, Tiath uh, steals an MP uniform by trying to disrobe a guard to fuck him, but, like, she doesn't. Anyway, uh, Michael notices this, but lets her do her thing because he doesn't care. He's, she's going to cause a distraction. Um, militia agent finally goes over and gets that mech to run pilot slit and start the diversion. So, like, there's pandemonium happening. Um, Yanni also just starts a fire with a 99% sake, and uh, this is the cue for Goonie to start his attack. So they start bombarding the ship with artillery and, and stuff. And, of course, the... the- Sake trails back to the barrels and all fucking blows up because 99% alcohol is not for drinking. Yeah. It's a tinderbox. Um, Sochi and Gwyn are in the crowd. Neither of them knew about the attack and they're very upset about this. Uh, Titus sneaks into the uh, Solero, the big ship. I always say that fucking name of that ship, Ron. Um, <laughs> and steals a guard's gun. Uh, and then she spots Laura and Diana. Um, Laura says Diana is conducting an investigation. So, like, she turns to Tithith, who is dressed as a guard, and says, like, oh, this is the queen. But then Tithith gets really confused because she knows that Kihil, and I'm using that in quotes, goes with Laura a lot. And this is, you know, a civilian from Earth. So, like, she has a flashback earlier when she tried to kill her. <laughs> she tried to hit her with a rock. Yeah, so it's, like, three stages of double-crossing herself on this <laughs> one. She mixed herself up. And, like, the final thing is Harry comes down some stairs and says Keyhill. So she's, like, super confused and she hesitates. So Laura throws a purse at her and she runs away firing her gun. So Diana asks to see Queen Diana. And Harry says, no, she's busy doing stuff. But she just goes away anyway because she's the queen. She can do what she wants on her own ship even if Harry doesn't know. It gets real confusing here. Sorry. <laughs> so I'll Yeah, yeah. Basically, uh, the assassin runs up and decides, fuck it, I'm taking the shot. Laura throws a purse, blocks it, and then runs away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So outside the ship, the pilotless uh, mech was caught. Um, Sochi is, like, gunning to get in this fight because she's bloodthirsty about everything. But Lily says, like, don't be dumb. And Gwen also says, like, I have no control over the militia anymore. That sucks. Did you ever? I'm, yeah, they were kind of always really. doing their own dumb shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a quick shot of Goonie baiting out one of the Royal Guard sumos and blowing it up. And this makes him very cocky and happy. Uh, Titus like straight up John wicks herself onto the bridge by just like double capping three dudes in the head yeah and then, and then pulls a gun on Keyhill who again is dressed as Diane uh, like it is ridiculous how good Titus is with gun right now <laughs> it's completely like she just like pulls it out and just like blap 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 and there's like five guys down and it's like what the fuck dominating four bullets yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> just like how the fuck do you do that <laughs> 
Yeah, so Kiho asks her her name and rank. Tita says she's just an assassin, so she's not telling. Kiho asks why an Earthling would want to kill her, so Tita says, like, oh, I'm not from Earth. And then so Kiho says, oh, you're from Agrippa Maintainer, which, by the way, is a real name. Yep. Uh, that person may have sent you. And so Tita gets really mad here, obviously, that her cover has been blown. Uh, she says, like, not all moon people want to live on the Earth. And she goes to shoot Kihil, but misses. And then a knife fight starts, but eventually she gets away. Um, they actually yeah, she just pulls a switchblade out of her uniform, too. Like, she came prepared. Yeah, like, the animation here is pretty good during the fight, and it's kind of props to Kihil for not getting stabbed to death. Cause, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and managing to not get shot three times. <laughs> like, kind of bobbing and weaving enough to get away mm-hmm. with it, which... Good shit, kid. (laughs) She's a lot uh, stronger than people give her credit for. And I do like this here where she asks about a group maintainer showing that, like, she's, like, people are like, oh, God, Diana's like, oh, God, she's been forced into this fiefdom thing. And it's like, maybe she's she's not. Yeah, Yeah. maybe she knows more than, like, you think she does. And that's one of the things I like about this when you told her, hey, do you want to be queen? She was like, uh, and then was like, well, might as well do a good job. <laughs> yeah. Well kick ass That's what I'm saying. Like, one of the things I like about this episode and episode 21, I think the last one we watched, is they both do a good job of showing that these two characters have grown into the roles of each other. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Keel's doing a pretty good job being queen, you know, in waiting or whatever. So, um, yeah. Harry comes in. He gives a sit rep. Uh, she says that she still wants to go ahead and give the declaration. Um so they start walking downstairs to go give the speech. In the staircase, Diana, who is dressed as Keyhill, and Laura want to see the queen. But Keyhill, who is dressed as Diana, walks to them and apologizes for them coming all the way out here. He's like, I'm busy. I need to go give the declaration. And they're Harry's like, kind like body blocking them as well at this point. Yeah. And like there's kind of an eye to eye contact thing where like they know they were trying to go help each other, but they can't because Harry's there. And like... Uh, Keyhole, who is uh, Diana, says that uh, it's for the good relations of the people between Earth and the Moon, which is why I'm doing this. And so Diana's like, okay, good luck. Um, so Diana basically is like, our, gives her the go-ahead to continue switching. Yeah, so, yeah, it's an implication that Diana put her faith in Keyhole here during this. Yep. Um, so outside, uh, Keyhole starts giving the speech. Uh, she says she doesn't wish her fighting and that in the past, Earth was really fucked up and all, it's all chronicled in the dark history. Read the, the dark people- history. Yeah, that people on Earth forgot history and the people on Moon lived so they would be uh, there to remember everything and also help the people from Earth move past it. Then it basically says, like, we need the Earth, but you also, like, you have our technology, but we can, like, help you actually learn how to use it and how to make it. Like, we can restore civilization to its former glory and more now with that the Earth is restored, basically. Yeah. Like, instead of fighting. So, and then she kind of comes out and says, like, by the way, the fiefdom thing was stupid. (laughs) We're not doing it. And, like, half of, you know, the higher-ups immediately behind her are like, wait, what the fuck did she just say? Like, wait, what, 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 what? Yeah, so she... That wasn't in the script. Yeah, she says she's got to restart negotiations without the whole fiefdom declaration thing. Um, As she leaves the stage, um, Gwyn is shocked at Diana's speech, and Diana is happy that uh, Keyhill is leading the moon people now. Uh, Miranda and Harry immediately go up to her and like, yeah, you, what did you do there? And uh, she says that, you know, that they think that the Earthlings will be more arrogant and cocky now, knowing that they bluffed and got called on their bluff, really. Um, they show some reaction shots. Poe's not on board with the Goonies getting cocky like she thought he would. Um, Harry tells Keyhill that uh, she can't control armies with idealistic speeches and says that not even the Keyhill of Earth would be naive to say such things. And it so, would be dumb I, I think if she a, said that. I think it's a comic because he goes, Keyhill! 
And then he goes, oh, fuck, she's supposed to be Queen Diana. And then he goes, not even Keel would be naive enough. And I'm like, eh. Yeah, and so Keel turns and glares at him and is like, don't you dare compare a commoner of Earth with the Queen of the Moon. <laughs> and so, yeah, the last uh, side of this is Sochi talking with Lily. Uh, they think that Diana's weak for, you know, going back on her word. And Lily says they should only clear it a few film if they're going to follow through on it. So it seems that, like, despite her best intentions, her plans kind of backfired on her. Looking weak anyway. Yeah, yeah, like, they're trying to claim it's that. But, like, let's be real. The militia was going to fuck shit up. And yeah. they're going to continue to fuck shit up regardless. And they're just... Yeah, this made them excited, but... They were the anyway. Hope, <laughs> we're hoping the grand forces of things are a little more peaceful because of this. But, yeah, the militia is a problem. Yeah. <laughs> the militia... As we'll find out, is a problem. Two separate militias at this point. And they're both a problem. (laughs) Weird. It's almost like... Okay, well, let's go to episode 19. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, we get a recap of Lauren learning about the switcheroo, saying he admires both of them. The title of this one is Sochi's War. Uh, The militia are still digging out their spaceship. Um, A bunch of militia guys with shovels and pitchforks are mad that they're doing all the hard work and Gwyn is just bringing in his moon race technicians to get shit working. Um, there's a conversation inside the ship. We learned that the ship is named the Wilgim, named after Will Gamer. The great, the great guy, yeah. Uh, the, the great militia, Will Gamer. Yeah, the militia wants to use it as a war asset, but since Gwyn has brought all of his moon techs, like, he's just calling it his now. <laughs> Sorry, buddies. Yeah. Um, so Gwyn, Laterum, and uh, a new moon tech named Horus are uh, driving in a car to find another new machine that's not related to the ship they just found. They yeah, it's use... a little bit confusing, but this is not the spaceship, and it's going to become important. Yeah, the spaceship is still being dug out, so it's going to be a couple more episodes before we finally get to use that thing. But yeah, mm-hmm. they're um, they're driving over for this new thing that they found, and we're introduced to Horus, who is going to play a part in the rest of the series. Uh, he's this kind of blocky, reserved guy. Uh, he has glasses on, and he's real smart and everything. Um, they see this new ship. It's yellow. It's kind of like a big hovercraft that you can fit like a mobile suit laying down inside of it, and it has like, jets of. on it. <laughs> It's it's like a hover carrier for like deploying larger vehicles and stuff. Like it might also like carry like crates It's more and like stuff a, a supply and repair ship, I guess. And if you've yeah. ever seen the original Mobile Suit Gundam, it may be familiar to you. <laughs> um, yeah, so they're pulling some nano skin off the side of the thing, and that's how they explain why it's in such good condition. Um, Horus also knows that the white doll's head is still fucked up from, you know, 10 episodes ago whenever it got bashed in. fucked up in a weird way now because it's not fucked up like it has a huge chunk out of it. It's fucked up like there's a bunch of weird like stone kind of like globs on it. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, I'll, I'll remove it and fix it. So uh, on the new ship that they found, uh, Lauren and Diana are looking around. Uh, Gwyn tells Lauren that he's now the captain. Good job. Go do what you want with it. Uh, Woo! Diana offers to help him get it working. Uh, he immediately says, like, no, the queen can't be doing this. But she gets real mad and says their name's Keyhill and wants to stay in her persona while everyone's around. Yeah, Lauren is, like, immediately like, oh, God, I'm, I'm escorting the queen. And, Ke- and Diana is like, no, fuck off, like, <laughs> a lot of times here. Yeah. Um, and so <sighs> Diana starts to go and do her stuff. She There's a cut to the white doll. It has, like, in its hands a cat's cradled laundry lines, and Diana's just doing laundry, because, I mean, that's what Keyhole would do, right? I really like that they keep... That they make an explicit point of this in a later episode about how using the white doll for non-military purposes, and they keep finding things to do with it for that. Yeah, it's a... Uh, 
pretty interesting how they use that as a character piece. But yeah, um, Lauren freaks out because royalty, you know, the Queen of the Moon can't be doing laundry. But Diana's having fun because she's never washed before, I guess. And Lauren tries to take back his wet underwear. It's a very comedic, silly scene. They also named the ship the Gallop because this doesn't use legs and it can outrun a horse. Um, it's a very what... silly name. Yeah, go tell out the Mobile Suit Gundam. Uh, Lauren... <laughs> <laughs> Lauren asked the militia... Um, Asked about the militia having this new technology, but Diana's like, you know, this thing is just a carrier. It doesn't really, it has two guns on the front, but it's not really going to do a whole lot to change the war. So it's fine, whatever. Just. Hey, Kubo, one sec. Without without thinking too hard, what's the dumbest name Gundam you can think of off the top of your head? Oh, shit. I mean, that's, G Gundam has so many dumb ones, but. Mm. Well, no, like, like I'm thinking more like Z Gok. <laughs> like some shit called Z Gok, you know? Good, yeah. Z Gok's pretty good. That was mine. I was like, Z Gok's a pretty dumb name. Mm, I got to think about this hard. I'll, I'll have no, you on no, by no, the end. No, no, don't. That's the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> think about it. Well, yeah, get, we can get back to it. We can okay. get back to it. Keep it in mind. We'll um, return. Where was I in my notes here? Uh, yeah, so they talk about Diana's speech, um, the fiefdom one. And uh, the real Diana says that Keyhole is doing a great job and she you know, has to try hard for piece two. And that's why she's washing clothes, you know. She's, she's trying to find a way to make herself useful because she realizes that Keyhill's doing a lot of hard work on her behalf, so she has to do the same. Yeah, she's definitely uh, got a bit of an inferiority complex here with yeah. these coming episodes. Yeah, so like this whole like the way she speaks about Lauren gets really confused as she really is the queen, and she teases him for it. Yeah. Sid introduces Horace, Lauren, and they uh, give a demonstration of nanomachines. Uh, they cut over to the white doll's detached head, which is just kind of sitting in a hanger, and it's covered in this gray stuff, and its bent mustache is all fixed. And uh, Horace says, like, you have, you know, this tech on the moon, but this stuff they have on the white doll is really advanced and fixed itself like it's a huge life, like it's a new life form or something. Nanomachines, my boy. Yeah. yeah, so since it's using nanomachines to fix the ship and everything, Horace like, this could be the legendary Gundam. So Lauren, you know, what is a Gundam? No one's told me what a Gundam is. <laughs> so Horace like, according to the legend, the Gundam was the most violent nemesis of the space immigrants. And then Diana's like, I wonder why no one on Earth has ever heard of the name Gundam before. That's weird. So, also, um, my brain at this point is just like, oh no! Like, as soon as they're like, as as the Gundam is healing itself. Is that good? And I'm just like, ah, no, no, like, come no. on, don't do. Like, God, yeah, it's gonna be like, oh, it's healing itself. Oh, weird. It's also got like 13 nuclear reactors inside of it. Oh, what's this? Oh, they're not nukes. It's some kind of strange energy form. Oh, weird. It's actually a life form from a pocket dimension. What's a getter? Oh, well, like it's. <laughs> clearly gonna spiral out of control into some kind of nightmare machine wait, wait, and i don't as, like it as long as no one shoots lauren's mom it'll be fine yeah i'm just i'm i'm convinced it's gonna be god it's gonna be like powered by human souls or some stupid shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's gonna, like that power source is gonna be fucked i just know it i feel it in my bones i don't know how yeah, this isn't g gun they don't have like crazy souls. kung fu magic bullshit going on Exactly, so it's got to be something bad, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so on the Solera, Keyhill and Harry are discussing the fallout of the speech they had. Uh, she wants to know which moon people, like she cuts straight to the chase. She's like, I know there's a lot of moon people that aren't cool with me. I want to know who they are and why. So Harry Look, says it's... Just fill me in. Yeah, Harry's like, it's the Agrippa faction. Um, they've been waiting a thousand years, you know, to come back to Earth, but now they're having cold feet about it. Um, Harry says, like, times have changed people, but, like, not me. I'm still here for you. And she's real happy over that. Uh, elsewhere in that ship, uh, Phil and Poe are just kind of mad at the whole speech and the whole situation they're in. And they're also mad that, like, a whole bunch of moon techs, civilians, have been defecting to the Earth forces. 
suppose like, you know, they can't study anything if we blow up everything. And so it feels like, hell yeah. And so they go forehead. off. Yeah. Feels like, yeah, you've done such a order. good job at this before. You've <laughs> blown up everything you've ever been sent after. Go again. And, and they literally say, we haven't got the order to not blow it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Like They're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, are we in a ceasefire right now? No, technically not. Oh, good. Things <laughs> like, are just tense. Stupid shit. Oh. Yeah, it's Let's real. Send Ensign War Crimes out. Yeah. So um, Lauren tells Diana that he wants to use the gallop to go find Teachith and question her. Okay, but sure, that makes sense. Uh, Diana says, it's your ship, do whatever. Uh, so she shows up in her capital. She's mad that Lauren gets a cool new ship and that the militia doesn't. And Lauren's saying like, hey, I'll fight for the militia if you guys ask. But uh, Sochi's like, you're just... Uh, so she says that Lauren is just chasing his sister's skirt around. And Sochi tries to appeal to Kehill's like, listen, why don't you tell this idiot to give the gallop to the militia? But Diane's like, you know, I'm not worried. He'll do what he says. Uh, also, I can keep tabs on him if he's chasing me around. So... She kind of takes Lauren's side and this pisses off Sochi. Yep. Um, let's see. Diana leaves with Sid later on. Uh, Sochi stomps Lauren's foot and declares that this is her base now. And she gets in her cop pool and just parks it in the front door of this gallop. Like, it doesn't fit. Because yeah, the so, like, the big, big thing <laughs> is that neither the white doll nor her cop pool fit in this hangar at all. So they sort of just chill in places they probably shouldn't be on the gallop, and it's great. Yeah, it's like it's got like a big front door that folds down, and it's just like kind of shoved in there, which is. And and yeah, the white doll is just kind of like sitting on the back. Yep. <laughs> just kind of it rides out. the back of this thing all the time, and it's yeah, great. it's pretty fantastic. Um. So yeah. So the gallop. We cut to a scene of the gallop. It's kind of going through a desert with the couple in the front and the headless white doll sitting on the back. By the way, it doesn't have its head anymore. Um, Horace is giving like a TED talk or something. Who cares? Uh, Sochi asks Lauren what the plan is. So he's like, I'm driving around to draw the enemy out. And maybe Titus is there. Who knows? Um, and so Sochi hears that. And she's like, oh, I'm totally ready to fight. Let's, you know, I knocked out a mobile suit the other day. I'm an ace or a pilot now or whatever. Um, of course, elsewhere, Poe is in her Wadom. And she sees the gallop and the headless white doll. And even though they are on recon order missions or whatever, she thinks that since the white doll is headless, it's under repairs. Therefore, it can't fight. So she's got to go capture it. I'll never get a better chance than this. Yeah. <laughs> she is really the team rocket of the show. I've been yes. humiliated five times. I'm sure I won't be humiliated for the sixth time. Six times the charm. Let's do they it. They won't expect the ninth DP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Sochi and Lauren spot the Wadoms. Uh, she runs off to go get in her suit. Lauren doesn't want to fight because she knows that if it comes to fighting, this gallop is going to get its ass blown up. So he goes and tells uh, Laterum, who's, I guess, the helmsman now, uh, to turn the whole thing around um, and Horace to go put the head on the white doll in case he needs the fight. Uh, Lauren asks if the guns on the gallop work, and Laterum says he'll get the militia guys to go look at it. Uh, Sochi gets in her cop pool and runs off and sneaks up on the Wadoms. Uh, Poe spots the gallop and goes to attack, but the cop pool, I guess, has missiles now, and the militia figured out how missiles work, so their tech tree is going up. There you go. Uh, yeah, so she uh, surprises the... Wadoms. Poe doesn't care though, and she really wants the white doll, so she fires her own missiles. The white doll at this point has got off the back of the gallop and is kind of walking to the front to pick up its head, but because it got missiles shot at it, like it's now bumbling its head like it's a fumble in like an NFL play, <laughs> which is it's kind of comedic, but eventually it catches it and puts it on its own head. It spins around like it's like screwing itself in. It looks <laughs> yeah. great. There's a really silly scene here. One of the Wadham tries to go and grab the white doll, but the white doll just kind of steps on in and like Ipan Sayanagi Judo throws this thing yes. right over its shoulder. <laughs> it's great. 
Yeah, I told it, her you were going to call it that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, but... But it's great. Yeah, so um, we also see Sochi shooting her hand cannons at the Wadam for no effect. Uh, the Wadam tries to grab her, and at this point, like, she is kind of getting crushed by this thing, and she's yelling that she's not afraid to die, and that she's going to meet her father in heaven, and she's completely terrified she's going to die. Yeah, she's like, fucking kill me, fucking do it, I'm not scared. Yeah. Um... Poe starts to attack the white doll in a very funny scene. It knocks him down. And then Laterum, this the editing here is really bad. What happens is Poe knocks the white doll down. The Laterum shoots its cannons. Like it's got these two cannon systems on like either side of it. But one of them just straight up explodes because like I guess no one tested it before they fired it. Well, they mentioned that. They said, don't bother with test firing. Just fire at the enemy. Yeah, we have to help them just fire at the enemy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, it blows up. Um, White Doll gets up and then gets the Wadam off Sochi by chopping it up with a laser. Poe gets mad. And then, and then he picks up the cowpo and like carries it like a baby. <laughs> yes. So cute. <laughs> Just cradling <laughs> this round boy in its arms. Like, they're there. They're there, cowpo. <laughs> they're there. Yeah. Um, Sochi's real mad that she got saved by Lauren again. Uh, Poe runs away from all this in tears because, again, she has fucked up for the sixth time, I guess. Yep. God knows um, how many. It's been a lot. Yeah, she kind of gets the raw deal in this series. <laughs> um, we cut to later. They're back at the um, the gallop. Uh, apparently, two militia guys that were trying to fire the cannon, they blew up. And so Sochi feels really guilty that it was her fault for running off ahead. And that, like, I mean, she caused correct. Yeah, it is <laughs> yeah. her fault. Uh, Lauren then ends the episode by saying, like, it's easy to fight people in mobile suits because you can't see your enemies. But, uh, like, he was wondering now who was in those Wadhams. Like, why was it like that you know it's ends in war crimes yeah i, I uh, gotta say like so she is uh probably the worst part of all these episodes she's pretty insufferable at the minute but in like a very understandable way like she she's unlikable but not in the same way like gundam wing was unlikable. right <laughs> she's unlikable because she's an idiot 15 year old who needs to grow the fuck up but yeah, yeah. um man without giving too much i won't say anything <laughs> um, <laughs> I have feelings about Sochi's character in particular, especially, but we have to wait till the end until we discuss that. Um, episode 20. So we got a recap of the shit that just happened that I talked about. Uh, the title of this one is An- Anis's Power. Anis's. That's hard to say. It sounds so- like a flower. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, so we see some militia fighter planes flying over a farmstead. Uh, we're introduced to an older woman. She's uh, very stocky, very... Uh, I don't know what the proper word would be. Earthworn? I, she, she She's an like, old farm lady. She yeah. could be your babushka. Yeah. Um, her name is Annis. I'll just get that out of the way. Um, she yells at them to cut out the racket. <laughs> Very get off my lawn style. <laughs> um, the planes uh, fly a bit farther and then eventually start dropping some bombs onto the flat, which is that moon suit that we saw in the very beginning. It's the moon lander robots, but these are different because they have a very different paint job. Yeah, it's the same style suit that uh, Lauren uh, originally came to Earth with. But yeah, Mm. so Goonie and his Suicide Squad are looking around for the flats that the bombs were just dropped on. He can't see anything. So he tells his squad mate Ames, who is a minor character, to go look for them. Uh, Yo, Bob, you go check it out. Yeah, they eventually vibrate their way out of the ground. And then when Ames starts to go shoot at them, (laughs) it vibrates the bullets back at him. Their special power is vibrating really hard. There's actually an in-universe explanation, but yeah, let's just call it vibrating for now. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, so the Suicide Squad is having a tough time. Like, they don't know how to deal with this. Like, bullets are ineffective against these robots. My only um, move is gun. <laughs> uh, back on the gallop, Diana gets a carrier pigeon and gets some news. Um, Horace Latterham and Lauren are all talking about the upcoming militia fight that they all want him to be a part of. Uh, Diana says that like uh, the pigeon told them the supplies are coming. Um, Lauren is concerned about the house on the hill where the fight would be. So like apparently the fight is going to be in this area and there's this one hill house on this hill that has a person in it that hasn't evacuated yet. Yeah, there's like smoke coming out of the house and Lauren's like, yeah, it's the only place that's still occupied right now. Yeah. So um, at a farm, at this farm on the hill, uh, we see Bruno and Jacob. They're picking potatoes. Uh, Corn is lackeys if you, did, if you forgot. Yeah. Uh, they got caught stealing by the person on this farm, and so they got kind of conscripted into doing labor for her. And they would leave, but there's this huge donkey that is terrorizing them, and they're like <laughs> the covered in bite marks. The biggest jackass. <laughs> yeah, the, this is a donkey that's like just sits there and smiles at them, and they're, they're covered in bite marks. So it's a <laughs> yes. donkey with a very large, toothy smile. By yep. the way, it's really strong. Yeah. Uh, so while they're picking yams or whatever, they spot the white doll and they think it's coming for them. Um, so they start to run away and they get kicked by the donkey. Uh, Lauren gets out of it and asks if anyone's home. Or he doesn't get out. He just yells if anyone's home. Annis, uh, the lady from earlier, is pissed off at Lauren. She comes out yelling, screaming about these stupid dolls and ruining her Yo, crops and everything. Lauren. Yeah. And she goes over and hits it with a pitchfork. She goes at it. Like, she is fucking vigorous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lauren comes down in his pod, and this hits Annis on the head, and it's, again, comedic. A lot of this episode is comedy this, relief. This episode is entirely comedy, really. This episode is the one that I was mentioning that I'm kind of like, it didn't really need to be here, but, like, it's okay. It yeah. also works. Cause, like, it's yeah. going to do something that Gundam Wing tried and failed, like, several yeah. times during its run, basically. Yes. Yeah, so... um he asks her why she hasn't evacuated, and she says she doesn't want to leave her land. Um, they all have a laugh because all three of them have bumps on their head because Bruno and Jacob got kicked by a donkey. <laughs> um, so we start talking with her. Annis doesn't care about the Moon People's War. She wants to stay on her land because her family's owned it for generations, etc. All that. Uh, we cut back to Goonie, who's still getting, still retreating from these flats. Um, so They're just and... walking forward menacingly. <laughs> yeah. Sochi and Mishi uh, show up in their copools, and they brought with them this cool new powder that the moon people brought. And, like, they dump it in the field, and while the flats walk over it, they shoot it with their gun, and it lights itself on fire. And it's, like, kind of obvious it's, like, thermite or, like, a nitrogen-style, like, fertilizer or something. So I'm like, congrats yeah. on starting a forest fire, Sochi. Yeah. But yeah, the flats just kind of shake it all off again, and the fire goes out, and everyone's they really shocked. It away. It. Yeah. Um, we cut back to Lauren and Annis. Uh, they're harvesting grain in a field. By the way, they're using like a hand scythe as opposed to like one of those big ones. This is gonna take and this forever. is a pretty fucking big field. Yeah. Yeah. This is not the correct tool for this. Is like <laughs> this is like hiring a bunch of people to like mow your lawn with hair clippers, like, <laughs> just like scissors. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Lauren says, that, like, listen, you really should be evacuating because they've got the fight here. But she's like, I'm not going to leave until all the crops are harvested. So Lauren, of course, being the gullible idiot here, all right. is like, well, okay, I'll help you with that. Um, we see a montage of the Gallop getting resupplied by an airship. Um, Lateran is saying, like, okay, we're ready to go. We just need Lauren to return. And so Diana says, we'll go get him. Diana eventually drives her way up to Annis' farm. Bruno and Jacob are shocked to see Queen Diana show up here. But after Lauren calls for her as Keyhill, they get really confused. And they also think that she looks like Diana. Which, fair enough. Yeah. Um, Diana tells Lauren about the militia fight. Um, Lauren says that, like, 
listen, I, I want to go and help, but I got to help Annas here first. I told her I would. So he goes off and does whatever. Diana's, Diana and Annas are picking herbs, and apparently one of them is named Sorel after her. And Diana says, like, hey, living on Earth must be great. And so Annas remembers that Sorel is like the name of the Moon Queen and wonders why the hell the Moon person would come here if the Moon is also cool to live on. And it has the Moon nice is views. pretty sweet, probably. Yeah. yeah. And so the main thing is, like, Diana asks her, like, really, do you really hate the moon people this much? And Anna says that, like, anyone who would ruin their own land that would support life is foolish and stupid. Then she looks directly at the camera and bounces her eyebrows five or six times. <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a bit ham-handed here, but we get the idea of what they're going for. Um, it reminds me of the one of the most heavy-handed stories in that fucking, um, God, what was that name of that game? It was, like... A multi-disc game for the Xbox 360, an RPG that was just sad as hell. Uh, oh God, not an endless Odyssey, Eternal Odyssey. I think that's or something. right. Was it Lost Eternal Odyssey? Odyssey? Lost, Odyssey? Lost Odyssey. Lost Odyssey. That sounds right. That yeah. sounds right. And they had this like really long, kind of tortured parable about like I had a great loaf of bread at this old lady's <laughs> house on her farm where she had her wheat, and then I came back after the war, and there was no bread, <laughs> and now I've got depression. <laughs> Being immortal is dog shit. That's Lost Odyssey. Yeah, that's Lost Odyssey. Man, I wish the combat in that game was better because I fell off. Right, yeah. Same, yeah. The idea of an entire game that... What's the premise of this game? We want to make sure that the player understands being immortal would be the fucking worst. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, so yeah, Anna starts monologuing that like 1,500 years ago the land was barren, but after purchasing this black powder they got... Um, from moon people or whatever, they made it fertile again, and now that's their cropland, and they love it. You know that black powder that just got used for as an act of yeah, war. Yeah, again, it's a, just before this. Do you get it? Yeah. So Lauren, um, who was not there, brings Anna's box, and when she opens it, it plays music to her surprise. Like I guess he fixed it. Um, it contains She's like fuck you. Yeah. Uh, it contains some letters from her daughter, but she can't read. So like, could you know Diana read it for her? You know. Uh, we cut over to Bruno and Jacob. They're happy that uh, Lauren and Diana aren't there for them. Uh, they have a plan to like stow away on the gallop in order to get away from here, but then they get attacked by the donkey again because, again, haha, it's funny. Um, we cut inside. Annis is crying. Uh, Lauren comes over and asks why. Diana apparently had read her the letter and explained that Diana's daughter, Annis's daughter, had moved into a town and married a baker, uh, had had a granddaughter, and everything was going great, but then the husband got injured in the war effort, and now they're having a hard time keeping the business afloat. And it turns out there is only one baker in Gnosis City. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Annas gets real pissed saying it's all Queen Diana's fault. And of course, Diana is right there trying to hide her guilt from this whole situation. Um, Lauren tries to comfort her, but Annas is angry and pushes over the box. But the box has another letter in it. And they read it and they find out that um, the entire baker family moved to the Sun Belt and that they hired on this new person named Keith and her granddaughter, Bellarina, is uh, working together with Keith and to make a new place out in the Sun Belt. And uh, they want grandma to come celebrate the new business. So it has a happy ending, yay. Um, Annis pretends that she is, of course, angry and gets all, you know, kind of mad, mad about it, but she's really happy the way she's portrayed there. Yeah, and she's just kind of like, uh, Baker, is that the best my granddaughter can do? <laughs> yeah. She's like crying and smiling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it, it's that kind of grandma pretending to still be disappointed because she's cranky by nature, but yeah, she's <laughs> very excited. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, of course, the break up this fun situation. Uh, they hear explosions outside. Uh, the militia is still fighting those flats. Um, 
we're introduced to two new characters here. Uh, oh I like these boy. characters. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the character design characters. here jumps up by like, I don't know, seven levels or something. It jumps up Man. by about five decades or so. Um, <laughs> the first is a muscular woman that has like this long, like wavy blonde hair. And it's kind of tied with a headband around her forehead. Uh, she's doing her nails, by the way, while she's inside her suit. Her name is Cancer Kafka. Which yep. is a very Gundam name. Yes, it is. We're also introduced to a shirtless man. Uh, he has long blonde hair that's very straight with another headband around his forehead. He has aviators and a handlebar mustache. His name is Moran Moran. He's also dressed like a village person. Yes, they're both dressed like they fell straight out of fucking Woodstock. Yep. Moran um, Moran. <laughs> Someone was just listening to Duran Duran and knew they yep. could get sued. <laughs> that's what that was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so um, they plan to get rid of the militia. Um, from this area and they get the moon races harvesters in here to harvest some crops because they're you know, they're trying to get the moon race some food because i guess the moon race needs food um cancer out here is also here to prove that her quote red team is just as good as the official army so, so again, like this is where you start to notice that they are in the same paint colors as corin was yeah they're in the whole red suit red silver suits um moran <laughs> is flying one of the flats he t-poses at the militia <laughs> yes. which is funny and then uh, transforms because these things transform into <laughs> like, like fighters or something. This guy, so this motherfucker shows up and is the most bombastically dressed person in this entire series. And on the spot, T poses. <laughs> Unbelievable. Have to assert dominance. Specifically to assert dominance, I might add, because he T poses, transforms into some kind of like ram ship, and just slams into them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he goes and attacks Mishi. Um, she gets, uh, he uses like the vibrating hand thing on her and uh, she gets tossed around on the inside of her suit because she doesn't wear a seatbelt like anybody should. Should have um, been thrown clear. Yeah, she gets bounced around pretty badly and she's hurt. Uh, we cut to Bruno and Jacob trying to figure out how to sneak onto the gallop. They're just doing that right now just as an aside. Uh, Diana is telling Annis it's time to go because there's bombs going off around her farmstead. Um, she says that like, oh, all my memories are here. You know, I've lived my entire life here. I would die here rather than to leave it. Um, she starts yelling angrily at the suits outside, saying that destroying the land is stupid. Crops grow here. Don't you know how hard it is to grow things? Um, Lauren finally shows Farmers, up. y'all. Yeah. They fucking love their crops. Uh, Lauren finally uh, shows up in his white doll to back up the Goonie squad. He jumps on top of Moran's flat and just kind of holds it hostage with a beam saber. And he tells the rest of the uh, moon people to leave. Cancer, like, straight up calls Lauren's bluff, says that, like, hey, you're just going to kill him the instant we back up, and you're a traitor for the moon race. And so Lauren's is like, I've never been a traitor. And so he, like, kind of kicks them over, kicks Moran's mech over so, like, he doesn't have to hold it hostage anymore. Cancer then drops something interesting. She says that her ancestors will never forget that they were once the moon race and retreat. And that's mm. the end of that. Bit weird, that. Yeah. So uh, we cut to Lauren. Um, he's bringing the hurt Mishi to Annis' farm in the White Doll's hand. Uh, they give her first aid. She's not looking too hot. Um, Goonie shows up to say that the moon mech should leave him alone for the rest of the bit. And uh, Sochi kind of gives him the side eye. Uh, back at the gallop, they load Mishi onto the airship. She's looking kind of okay, but still real hurt. She's at least awake now. And they Sochi's also, been yeah. having a real bad time almost getting people killed. She's stable, but not like great yeah like not gonna go fight but not in risk of dying at any point yeah yeah um so they're loading up the airship with annis and her donkey 
And as they take off with the airship, Annis tells them to find the bakery in the town with the donkey on it. And if you remember back like six or so episodes, the donkey bakery was the name of the place in the city. There we go. It's yeah. all coming It all comes back. together. Yeah. Uh, Lauren thinks to himself that Keith is running the shop and he's happy that he's, you know, finding peace and not this bullshit that they're dealing with. <laughs> he's not in charge of a gallop. Yeah, that's true. He doesn't get a wow, cool robot. <laughs> so episode 21 I really like this episode uh, we get a recap of Aeanna's farm stuff and the fight with the flats it doesn't matter the title of this one is Diana's Desperate Fight um, we see a carrier pigeon this carrier pigeon has been in a couple of episodes now and it's kind of their, like their connection between the gallop and the militia uh, it lands on the gallop and Sochi gets the message down to Lauren apparently Mishi is in a war hospital and she's doing okay and that's cool uh, they also note that like Diana counters in the area and they might attack uh, but since they're at a war hospital, they can't move soldiers. So what will they ever do? And so she's like, well, let's go do a preemptive attack. Obviously, that's the best course of action. Still and bloodthirsty. Every militia just wants to preemptive attack at all times. Yep. That's all, they're all about it. Like, what if we fought before we declared it? <laughs> what a, what, this is fine, right? No, that's it's, dumb. Yeah, but what if we did it? Yeah, so um, obviously Diana is sitting here listening to uh, Sochi talk about it and is concerned about her bloodlust and says, like, like listen, you got to consider that even though they're the enemy, they're still people too. Do you want to, you know, cause all this, you know, pain and hardship? And Sochi... She's like, yes. Yes, yeah. I do. <laughs> yeah, Sochi thinks that her sister's been acting strangely lately, saying that, like, you know, she's becoming soft since she's been around Lauren, and it's still obvious that she holds a major grudge over her dad being killed by moon people. And so she goes and does a very pouty thing and runs off and scrubs the deck with a mop. She's, like, really aggressively scrubbing this deck here. Yeah, it's a way of getting her anger out, I guess. Um, Diana feels really guilty about all this, but, of course, there's not much she can do. Um, we see Bruno and Jacob sneaking around on the ship. They meet up with Horace and say, hey, we're the friends of the captain. Uh, we want work. And he's like, oh, okay, cool, sure. Oldest trick in the book coming yeah, up. Yeah, and then they sneak onto the bridge. They think about hijacking the gallop, and Lauren walks in. And so they reintroduce themselves, saying that they met on Annis' farm. And they say, like, oh, yeah, our friend Horace said we could stay here. Do you give us a job? So, yeah, good for them. Lauren buys this. Yeah, Lauren buys Lauren this and says... Lauren is pretty dumb, though. Yeah, he immediately says, you can drive the gallop. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Real smart guy. Great. Um, Diane is uh, still sad about what happened to Sochi. She follows her up to the top of the ship where Sochi is apparently mopping the top of the gallop. Uh, she starts hitting the white doll with the mop and curses, and when she gets noticed by uh, Diana, she yells at her. Again, they're not you know, on the best like, terms. like, how dare you just... Don't just fucking sit there and watch me, you creep. Say something. <laughs> yeah. um, next, there we go back to the Solaire. So Kill He, uh, uh, Key Hill, sorry. Kill He. Key yeah. Hill is giving a strategy <laughs> talk to Moran, Phil, and Harry. Um, she says, like, listen, if we follow the territorial borders of these uh, countries, city states, whatever the fuck there are, uh, we can avoid more incidents instead of just flying over everything. There's also, like, a montage of her getting uh, pics with, uh, like, intel from the moon. She is asking why, like, the Agrippa Maintainer guy would betray her after she entrusted Gengrim to them, which I guess is a city. Gengar. Gengar, yeah. Um, Harry says that the Maintainer group is in control of the hibernation capsules, and, like, apparently they've changed their entire attitude of how they're doing stuff since they left. A thousand years on the moon of change a person. Yeah. So Harry brings up the assassination attempt and Corrin's appearance and all that, and saying, like, hey, these things may be connected to them. We have to watch out. And Kehill says that, like, they may not want to come to Earth, but why would they want to expand war? Like, if they want to live on the moon, that's cool, but why fuck up Earth plans? And Moran says that, like, oh, they may be trying to turn public opinion against you. 
and saying that you're fucking it up and they should be in charge or something. <clears throat> There's also a minor thing here. She asked Harry to replace the Royal Guard with the women. I forgot if this even comes up again. There, there was a scene where she walks out and a whole bunch of dudes are like, yo, we'll escort you to your room. And she's like, mm. Yeah. So, yeah, and she's just kind of like, also, there's all these stoic dudes who are scared to talk to me. And, oh, my God, can I please just have a couple girls to talk to? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, I think maybe that, too. She's missing Diane. Um, back on the Earth, the Gallop is um, arriving at the field hospital. Uh, they see Mishi. She has a broken arm, but looks otherwise okay. She's in bed, so she goes and greets her. Diana's this is looking more up... of like a World War One tent hospital, though. So yes, yeah, it should. I should have probably explained it. Yeah, it's a definitely a tent hospital situation. Let me just put it this way: there will be multiple bone saws in this tent. <laughs> there, <laughs> no. There's probably a bottle of whiskey or two as well. <laughs> That's about where we are. Yeah. So Diane's looking around the tent. There's a lot of very sick and dying people. There's amputees and stuff. And Diane's feeling super remorseful about the entire situation. Uh, back at the dig site, um, most of the Wilgums being dug out by now. Like it's still partially under, but like you can tell, it's definitely a spaceship. Um, Lauren, Diana, and Sochi are telling Laterum his daughter's okay, and uh, he says when will be showing up soon. He flies in on his airplane, and Lily's there too. Um, Lily wants to have a party because they're digging out a spaceship and drags Gwyn inside because she's playing all lovey-dovey with him. Sochi thinks she's totally out of line for, you know, the daughter of the Baron of Louisiana, Louisiana, whatever. And she's going to go even further out of line. Yeah. I can't believe this Southern Belle is doing extremely Southern Belle shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah inside the ship, uh, they all go inside the ship and uh, Lauren tells Gwen the ship is probably from a time before the White Dog because it looks less advanced even though it's more advanced than anything the militia has. Uh, Sochi is wondering how they're going to rewrite the history books, which actually brings up a pretty good point. If you were just being told, you know, all the ship is, you know, we lived on Earth and it's all cool and then suddenly there's spaceships from the moon. The, a few uh, things are going to have to get some asterisks, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Gwyn tells Diana this will be the militia's most valuable weapon. Uh, she objects to it, of course, saying that it's reckless to you know, use this thing as a weapon. He says that all first steps in history are kind of reckless like that, and then they leave. Lily then turns to Diana and asks her her name. Like, they've met before, like, previously in the fiefdom declaration and shit, but, like, I guess they've never had a real one-to-one. I think she was like, I don't believe I've ever asked you my name, your name. How rude of me. And this is an extreme bless your heart kind of moment yeah, that Lily has here. Intentionally. Yeah, it's Lily trying to display, oh, you don't matter to me, by the way. Yeah, Hi, it's very alpha shittyness <laughs> yeah. going on here. Yeah, so she gets reintroduced as Keyhole, of course. Uh, Lily gets really snobbish saying like, oh, you have no right to be so familiar with Gwyn. You're not cool like I am. You should go do oh, more Lily. work. Lillian's getting super fucking jealous, right? The miner's daughter, I see. Yeah. So uh, Lily's like, yeah, you, you should... Oh, are you soot, bitch? Oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> like, she is one step away from just dead-ass starting calling her soot, bitch. Like, well, just, like, all the time. Like, Lily is being so snippy. Oh, my God. As someone from Indiana, like, they nail it pretty yeah. well. As far as, like, the backhanded bless-your-heart-ass shit she does. is Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Yeah, so um, after being uh, in reach, yeah, et cetera. So Lily says, like, listen, you should go help out with the people because you're not really doing anything here. You should go volunteer at the hospital. And this is obviously a ploy by Lily to make Keyhill do work that's, quote, beneath her. But, like, Diana's like, well, I don't know how to do anything at the hospital and stuff like that. But, uh, like, Diana oh, has no defense against a Southern Belle. Yeah. And so it was like, 
yeah, they need anyone the help that they can. It and is extremely a city slicker being faced with a southerner in in their element, <laughs> like being able to do their thing. So it's not fair. <laughs> yeah. So when she tells Lily to go to, or when she tells Diana to go to the hospital, like Lily's thinking, oh, this is going to be embarrassing to her. But Diana is like super into it because, like, yep. I guess she feels that she has a purpose, a way of helping with the war that she caused. And so, like, she thanks Lily like profusely, and Lily's getting kind of creeped out by it. <laughs> So we cut to Diana at the hospital asking the lead nurse what to do. Um, there's a quick montage of her trying to change seats, haul trash, etc. She's really bad at everything because, like, as a queen, she's never done any of this. But she's doing yeah, her I, best. I also love, too, when the nurse is interviewing her for the position. She's like, <laughs> so you have no nursing experience. Nope. You've never worked in a hospital. Nope. Have you ever really done, like, laundry? N- no, not really. I would love to tell you we have better choices, but we don't get a fucking gown on. Yeah. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's like, like that's literally what it is. It's incredible. Like she just straight up. She's like, God, you fucking helpless idiot. All right, fine. Like we need bodies. Get in here. <laughs> I like how it's also believable. Like Keyhill wouldn't know this stuff because Keyhill is like a lady. Yeah. She had servants do this shit for her. Yep. So. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we cut to a scene of Bruno and Jacob helping Horace to fix uh, the white doll for Lauren. And, like, despite Bruno and Jacob being kind of bumbling idiots, they actually do know how machines work. And so, like, they help fix it. Um, Horace is saying, like, the nanotech that repairs the white doll is really crazy and, like, maybe it can move itself in the future or replicate. So, uh oh. Uh, is that good? <laughs> it's good, Ty. It's good. It's yeah, good. It's good, good. and fine. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, every nano cell has a little black hole in it. And if the Gundam gets hurt too much, then it just explodes into millions of black holes that spread out across the There's absolutely nothing returning a, concerning a black hole in the white doll. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. What? Oh, it fucked me. This is dumb. Uh, so <laughs> we cut back to Diana at the hospital. She's carrying heavy medicine crates. Uh, we see Lily ask the head nurse about Diane is like, so how's that uh, new Kehoe person you got going? And it's like, oh, has she done something wrong? And so Lily starts lying. She's like, oh no, Kehoe told me she's not being pushed hard enough. For, she wants to start her potential nursing career, really help her out here. So again, Lily's being a huge shit here. Yep. Um, we cut to Diana cleaning saws. Uh, an injured man gets brought into the tent she's in. And they tie him down and uh, they're prepping to do an amputation. And so, he is like screaming about it too. He's yeah, very it gets awake pretty right uncomfortable now. here. The guy's obviously screaming. She's prepping the saws, getting the anesthetics ready. And like, he's you know screaming like, "Please, I don't want to die." You know, whatever. I've been a good man. It's don't take my and, like, leg. Yeah, they cut away his pants. There's a huge wound on his leg. Um, and yeah, they're like, "Hey, cut!" And yeah, she sees it, and they pull out the saw, and he's like. All right, well, time to start the amputation. And this guy is screaming and freaking out. And she just faints, which is pretty reasonable, all told. Like, this is the kind of situation where if you were not the kind of person who can handle surgical situations, it would flow. I have seen medical engineers turn to sheets at last. So, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, she also put a bucket under the table. And there's a scene of her putting the bucket down and looking up. And there's a faucet coming from the table. Like, for dripping. Yeah. So yeah. we cut again later outside. Lily is again spying on Diane with those stupid little binoculars on a stick. Um, she thinks that uh, Diana's carrying out laundry to the river, but it's actually that bucket with a bunch of blood in it. And she yep. just dumps it in the river. <laughs> uh, so Lily is smirking at this. She's very happy with her work and leaves. Um, one of the Lily other nurses. Just, 
the fucking worst. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Having uh, I've known at least three people that I would describe as Lilias as a Lily. <laughs> Correct. Uh, they're the fucking worst. <laughs> they are the worst people. <laughs> yeah. So um, Diana, another nurse comes up to her and tells her, you got to wash this huge car of clothing. It's like, you know, hundreds and hundreds of bed sheets. And there's like no way she'll get it done before tomorrow, which is what she was trying to do before. But like she kind of smiles and thinks that like the, someone told her that the reason these are all dirty is because people are still alive. And that's what she has to work for being happy or whatever. Um there's a montage of her cleaning these things by the river. Um, she's obviously like has her hair up in a bun and she has her like dress pulled up to her legs so like she could walk in the river and all that. This is another beautiful, incredibly on the nose comedic moment. In yeah, show. yeah. Lauren shows up and like he immediately starts breaking down, wondering why the Queen of the Moon would put herself through this to do all this manual labor. And, and as he's sitting she's there, she's like, "What are you doing?" And she's like, "Lauren, what?" <laughs> Yeah, she and also she also has like her skirt hooked up, yeah. so her bare legs are, are out. And Lauren is obviously quite oh fuck, those are queen oh fuck no oh, queen legs. legs queen legs oh fuck yeah. And it's also funny too because while he's sitting there on uh, like next to the road, like all on his knees, kind of distraught that the queen of the moon is doing this manual later, a guy in a truck drives by and he's like, "Nice legs, lady." <laughs> nice ankles. Yeah, which is like, yeah, like great comedic timing. I like oh, that. Beautiful. <laughs> So, yeah, Lauren offers to help, but Diana says, no, it would ruin the reputation of Keyhill and also, like, ruin everything I've been trying to do. So Lauren gets a great idea and goes, runs over to the White Doll. Uh, Sochi yells at him, saying, like, if there's no enemies, don't use it. People will freak out. And Lauren's like, it's a machine. Machines are made to help people. They don't just have to do war. So he grabs the cart, brings it down to the river, and then using the hand just kind of, like, digs out a side pocket in the river. And then just dumps all the laundry in there and spin cycles it with its hand. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, hand just the hand independently. Yeah. The hand can just do spin a roonies and he's like, oh, I can just spin it both ways and kind of, you know, make a big wash drum basically in the river. Yeah. So um, there's soap mixed in with the uh, sheets and everything. So like a lot of bubbles start going everywhere and this makes them both happy. Lauren says like, oh, God rewarded you for your efforts. And Sochi during all this is completely jealous of Lauren's relationship with his sister. Um, back on the Soleil, Kehill, I keep saying that wrong, and Harry are talking uh, she knows that Phil is on the way to go attack the Wildjin. You need to stop in your notes writing the ship right before Keel. Yeah. yeah, it's you. fucking me up. Soleil killer Keel. Yeah, that's what it is. It's I like, can't even yeah, say the, it. Yeah, the, the, the Soleil or whatever, or the, the ship, it always just, yeah, like, that gets you off balance, and then Keel is just <laughs> right weird after. enough that when you're off balance, it's just a little extra shove that just pushes you right off. Fucking yeah. Gundam <laughs> names, man. They're all over the place. Yeah. Maximum Gundam Soleil Keel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Moran, Moran. <laughs> yeah. so um she knows that phil is on the way to go attack uh, the wilgum and she wants harry to go find the other keel and bring her back and so like he's she's sending him on a secret mission it's very obvious that harry is like becoming her closest confidant because he kind of sort of knows now yeah i it's not explicitly said but like it's kind of hinted at he may know he, he said a lot of things that are like mm. yeah um, and the last scene of this episode is the white doll is cat's cradled the laundry against it in front of its hands again and like the head is blowing on it's venting yeah they put some fans in so that it can blow out <laughs> yeah cool giant cups of tea or something yeah and Lauren and Deanna are just kind of sitting under the stars and that's the end of that episode I really like that one because like it kind of shows a lot of character development for Diana and also mm-hmm. I always like when they use the white doll for things it's not really designed to do so yeah it's great yeah, some good episodes so like, there. 
Zeccarello is a pretty dumb name for a mobile suit. <laughs> yeah, actually, I was thinking well, about it when you were talking. In uh, Double Zeta, there is the Bawoo. Whoa! The only reason the only reason I remembered it is because later on in this series, there's a Matawoo. Oh no! (laughs) Oh my God! The Legally Distinct 107 (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! Yeah, Bawoo takes it. I love it. I'm oh man! I'm a Bawoo. Oh no! Wait, hold up. This is a great thing to end this episode on because I went to the Gundam Wiki page for the AMX 107 Bawoo, as I am one to do. As one does. Um, and under it, it's got all the different you know variations that you can like go through because the Gundam Wiki, like if there's different models that are still the base same base suit, they'll just have it like clickable so you can look through yeah, the yeah. different like colored versions of it, or if there's like a different model that has a different rocket pack. Oh, I see. And one of them <laughs> is named. There is an option you can click, and I think it might just be for the rifle or something called the Bawoo Nutter. <laughs> it's uh, it's Holy actually because it can break up into different pieces. I believe. Oh, so the lower, <laughs> so the autonomous lower torso unit is referred to as the Bawoo Nutter. So, <laughs> there you go. Oh man! All right, that's well, the nut, folks. We did it. We got him. So, <laughs> Beautiful. So next time, uh, episodes, uh, what would it be twenty-two uh, to twenty-five? 25? I believe. I think that's the 22, end of the first 24, season. Twenty-five. Yeah, I believe that's the end of the first season there, episode 25. All right, cool. So, and then, uh, yeah, so uh, this, again, a little peek inside the curtain. This will, we're releasing the first episode tomorrow, or uh, Tuesday. So, cool. Quite excited. Yeah, for I better that. go update oh. the, the Twitter real quick. Yeah, <laughs> I still yeah, haven't come up the... with a gimmick yet, but we'll get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still haven't done any of the editing yet. For if you want me to do seven hours of podcast, so that's going to be a good time for me as well. Yeah, make sure you go and change the episode numbers in that one thing because this will be very funny if it's released in six weeks and then, you know, two weeks ago you didn't change the number correctly. Oh, don't worry. <laughs> there, there, there is a notepad document of editing I will actually do and it's like three items long. <laughs> That's <laughs> one of go. them. So, like, I'll do all the basic stuff I normally do to make it more listenable, but then, like, as far as big edits, it's like the time Kuvo thought his mic fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, that's about it. Yeah, and then, like... Edit the numbers. The time I started uh, reading my social security number out. No oh, crap. I hate when I do that. I hate when I get so caught up in a Bawoo Nutter moment. <laughs> I so I have to I have to name one of the episode titles Bawoo Nutter, which is fucked up. It's not no, even because we're in. never watching Double Zeta. <laughs> we're never watching Double Zeta, but the thing is, I yeah, so I that means I need to title it Bawoo Nutter because okay. the people need to know about Bawoo Nutter. <laughs> about space anime. Space anime. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>